Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. One must always assume that they could be completely wrong at any moment. And they must assume that they could be completely right at any moment. Then, then the question is like, well, how do you, which way do you lean? And the answer is, and unsatisfactorily, it depends. <laughs> Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. In the last episode, we discussed the power of embracing curiosity as a spiritual practice and as a personal value. I want you to keep that in mind over the next three episodes because being curious and asking questions are integral, critical components of development meetings that work. In any leadership position, it's really easy to fall into the trap of telling and not asking, but that's enabling behavior. And when you do it, you're actually not doing your job as a manager. We should want to support our people to grow, and we have to be curious in order to do that, to determine what growth means for them what's in the way, what help they really need, etc. Without curiosity, you won't find out what you need to find out. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open up the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. I'd like to begin by debriefing your assignment from last week, your digestions, revelations, concoctions and other plural nouns ending in T-I-O-N-S, the assignment you had was to pivot from telling to asking at least once per day. Curious to hear if you took that on as a challenge and what happened, what did you notice? And then we'll go into the develop meeting, development meeting that works uh, through talking about development meetings that don't work. I thought that would be a fun and provocative way of talking about it. So, and, 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 uh, with digestions, comments, and questions, uh, anything before what we've done today is fair game. Or if, you know, you want to know who invented liquid soap and why we could talk about that, but maybe not. So digestions, questions, uh, and if you know the movie reference that that liquid soap, uh, connected to, then that's a hundred points. Cause that's an obscure film. What did you find out pivoting to asking questions in this last week? Did, and maybe you found out how much you avoid asking questions. You may have found that out. How much you avoid assignments. <laughs> so I've been trying to do just that for not avoid assignments. but <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. Yeah. Trying to ask more questions. Um, and one of the things that I'm finding is that, and I don't think this is a particularly unique experience, but... Um, I tend to live life with a lot of assumptions. 
a lot of them. Me too, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I have felt for long enough that um, living with those assumptions has gotten me to a certain place in life. I'm now finding that uh, while they may have held some validity, they're not always 100%, and nor are they um, uh, particularly a good way of conducting every aspect of one's life. So in asking more questions, I'm finding that I'm not only dispelling my own sort of um, uh, internal, uh, maybe pre-biases towards things, or, or it's, it's actually kind of opening up my eyes to the real world, if you will. <laughs> a realer, realer anyway. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. It's amazing that you said this, Gabe, because just 20 minutes ago, I was thinking about the questions and, and that we'd start with this. And, um, and that was something that occurred to me that I hasn't in a long time, that actually the practice of asking questions puts you in an I don't know place. You can use it as a kind of strategy, you know, to lead someone somewhere or to, you know, move someone's consciousness somewhere. But that that's the thing. What you inevitably find out is you think you're gonna lead some someone somewhere, and then they say something that you didn't expect. Right? Every, you know, three or four times that happens, and you're like, Whoa, I didn't even think about that. And then it's very humbling because you realize that you're not necessarily always a lawyer leading someone somewhere. But actually, you start sort of backing into this big unknown and you realize how little you actually know. And that's the beautiful part of it. And so, you know, I've seen more than one bumper sticker that says, don't assume, right? And that's, that's one of our cultural bromides, you know, just don't assume, just don't ever assume, you know, just don't think of a pink elephant, you know, just turn your thoughts off. Oh, right. Yeah. Like as if that's possible. So not assuming is one of the most uh, aggressively unavoidable things. And yes, Victor, uh, it's evolutionary. An an assumption, uh, the assuming mechanism is an incredibly useful thing and you can't not do it. So then what? What do you do? Well, as Gabe was sort of describing, uh, the way I would say it is you hold your assumptions with an open hand. What's really meant by don't assume is don't grip your assumptions, but you can't not assume. So you have to do a very sophisticated thing, which is to see your assumptions, know that you have them, and then hold them with an open hand. Don't be your assumptions is really way more accurate. The same way people think meditation is about not having thoughts, which will put someone in a cul-de-sac, a spiritual cul-de-sac for the rest of their life because it's impossible to turn your thoughts off even though many corrupt kind of spiritual teachers will advertise that because it's, I mean, man, if a teacher said they could teach me to turn my thoughts off, yeah, I'd put some money toward that if I were, if I didn't already know through experience that it's impossible. So to, to be meta to your assumptions so that you know you're having them and then have them exist so that the palm of your hand is, I don't know, and the assumptions are resting upon it. Now that's a sophisticated practice. To completely trust your truth and to completely mistrust your truth at the same time in any moment. Do you think there are any other guideposts for situations where um, assumptions should be held more lightly than in other situations? Or is that really asking too much? 
Certainly. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the art of it is, I mean, I, I think one, one must always assume that they could be completely wrong at any moment. And they must assume that they could be completely right at any moment. Then, then the question is like, well, how do you, which way do you lean? And the answer is an unsatisfactorily, it depends. <laughs> you know, I don't know what I, I don't know what else you could say. Well, no, one, one more thing you could say about that is if you know your tendencies, right? Where you know, like, oh, well, the last 10 times I've gotten a fight with a woman about emotions, you know, says the man, hmm, I know, I know I have a pattern of invalidating women's feelings. So the 11th woman who says, you're not listening to me, maybe she's right. <laughs> you know, like just have your default mode. We learn from your history, learn from your experience and use that to sort of turn in one way, one direction. Like, you know, uh, money, are you someone who tends to spend too much or someone who tends to save too much? That's usually pretty easy to see. You know, when you and your boss are disagreeing about reality, five days later, do you often realize they're right? Or are they an abusive tyrant and you should be dusting off your resume? You know, so that's one of the primary uses of, of the, the mind and history. We use history a lot more than it's useful, but learning from it and going, hmm, here I am in the present. What has history taught me about this? You know, like when a, uh, when a powerful authority um, discredits the, systematically discredits the media, for example, history says that's the path to dictatorship. Do we know that the person is on their way to becoming, you know, creating a totalitarian regime? No, we don't know that, nor should we assume that. But history says, hmm, the dots connect. Or when uh, a a figure tells lies so big that somehow they're not disbelieved, which is famous Adolf Hitler quote. Big lies sell way better than small ones. Any 13-year-old knows that. What else? Um, well, I, I tried to pivot to asking questions, but I also realized that I've spent like the last 15 years trying to pivot from asking questions. So, um, Okay. You're a natural question asker. You need to t push your weight around and tell people what's what. <laughs> well, I don't know if I need to push my weight around, but I also think it's hard. It's probably hard to have a boss who doesn't have an opinion, who is always <laughs> asking for your opinion. Everything always seems gray to me. So, Do you know your Enneagram type by any chance? I do. It's the type you hate. It's me. <laughs> I know. I don't hate any type. That would be completely... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you know, I, I, I'm a two and I have tried a thousand times not to be that. I love twos. What makes you think I dislike twos? I think my mate's going to be a two. No, well, she'll I, have to do a lot of pivoting to uh, telling rather than asking then. Because I would think if you have difficulty having um, opinions, then uh, I would think you might be more likely a nine. And twos and nines are easily confused. Have you looked at nine? Could be. Twos usually have opinions, they just won't share them <laughs> because they want to make it all about you. Nines actually don't have opinions because they can oh, see all the sides of it. That's why they overwhelm. They usually overwhelm. Consensus in the room then is that I'm a two because they 
So I'm here's a great here's a, here's a great enneagrammatic sidebar. There's the content and there's the context of it. So the content of it was the consensus in the room says I'm a two, but in context, a nine is who would is it, a nine is someone who would say, well, what does everyone else think? You see, what you just did there was a total nine thing. A two might say that. But they they secretly be like, I already knew I was a two. But I'm so glad you all feel like you're being so useful that you're telling me what type I am. See, two. <laughs> okay, then I'm I'm a two. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and a manipulative two at that. <laughs> I'm just saying it's something to consider. Twos are have opinions. Nines have difficulty having opinions. But either way, certainly asserting yourself is a good thing. And this and this is a good uh, teaching moment too because. While it's true that most people have difficulty uh, doing more telling than asking, certainly some people, enneagrammatically, we could display it. Um, Twos and nines probably the most, because they're the most yin kind of receptive types. Twos, nines, maybe fives, uh, depending. Fives are just, for fives, it's coming from a gathering information, curiosity place. They just want to know, no, 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 no. So um, if you're someone who asks too many questions, then yeah, work on your telling. And it could depend on domains. You know, It could depend on the situation. It could depend on the person. Maybe there's one person where you do a lot of telling with. And then, and then it becomes really interesting. Oh, why am I doing so much telling with that person? Not those other people. We have this term now, mansplaining. Right? That's, that's a word now. <laughs> right? Yeah. Also, my daughter just came home from college and she, she came up with a new word, college-splaining, which is when you come home from college with all the answers and you tell your mom who has a PhD in women's studies all about feminism. And, um, and she's so meta to her own <laughs> patterns that she came up with that. Stunning. Wow. College-splaining. Yeah, I for sure did that for four plus years. Well, ever since I left, I guess. So, okay, what else before we dive into development meetings at work? This is harder than I thought it was going to be. Asking, not telling? I've been priming myself for certain situations where I thought my, it would be easy or my tendency would be to tell rather than ask and completely missing other situations that I'm just as prone and wasn't prepared for. So now I've got more meta to work on preparing to be, to, to make that pivot. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Cool. Yeah. The, you know, as, as with most of the clear and open teachings, the, it's the looking at what gets in the way, the sort of deconstructive approach is where a lot of the meat is. So it's like learning to ask an open-ended question, like, okay, that's not so hard. But then looking at what gets in the way of actually using it, that can be life-changing. And so as with all of these things, I suggest and, and invite you to put your, throw yourself into it you know, and, and see what happens. Have it be an experiment where you're the maze, the rat, and the scientist. Say, okay, I'm going to go three hours today only asking questions. Yeah. I went to dinner with a couple of people recently and I... I was like, you know, every time I go to dinner with these people, sometimes I'm a little bored. So I'm going to do something different. And I just ask questions the whole time. I told them up front, otherwise it would have been really annoying. I said, I'm going to try something different. I'm going to only ask questions tonight. I'm not going to do any telling at all. 
really different experience. How did they react when you first told them that? Well, they're used to my idiosyncrasies. So they're like, okay, fine. Just doing these weird things again. And how were they with it at the end? <laughs> how did I order food, Victor Texas? <laughs> I'm a master question asker. I made it work. Could I have the rather than I would like to have? Yeah, it took it definitely. My brain was pretty tired by the end. Uh, I, I, I think they felt very listened to by the end. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like that's the kind of thing that I really invite people to do. Like have fun with it. Play around with it. Um, play the questions game. It's really a fun game. And because uh, that's the way to, to integrate it into your life. The integration of these kinds of teachings happen through curiosity through, and through play. You know, it's like, all right, I'm going to meet a new person. I'm going to go to a party and, and I'm going to ask every person I meet five totally open-ended questions. Or I'm going to try to make it so that we talk only about them. You know, do fun things like that. Yeah, my ability in social situations is much better developed than it is in management situations. And I'm, that's probably an obvious reason for that. But Which is? Well, that <laughs> when you are a manager, there is, I guess, a culturally inculcated idea that you get to tell people what to do. Uh, not, that I, not that I buy into it intellectually, but I think it's easy to fall into the trap. Uh-oh, 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 I must have made an excuse. Okay, was it habit? Was it habit this time again? No, it's culture. Culture. You blame oh, cultural conditioning for, for your own management patterns. Okay, but you, you've talked about conditioning as being something that gets in the way. Certainly. But, but you're, what you're saying is I was relying on it as an excuse. How about, how about tomorrow you only ask questions of your employees? I'll give that a shot. And you tell them that. So, you know, if it looks, if you, you said, if it looks like I'm turning myself into a pretzel, it's because I'm trying to tell you to do things by asking questions, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to play a game, right? Play with me. And I'm only going to ask questions. <laughs> Could it be a tag team like on the Drew Carey show? <laughs> sure. Yeah. If you screw up, there'll be a buzzer and someone else will come in and replace you. <laughs> You just need to arrange for who that would be. I don't know. Okay, that, that's a good challenge. Okay, thanks. I, I I don't. I wasn't laughing at you. I don't know what was so funny it, because your your excuses are wearing so thin. They're they're they've they've become funny because they're about to completely give way. So it's sort of like when someone's telling you a lie that they don't believe themselves and like. It's barely coming out as being compelling. You know, like when someone says, My dog ate it, you're like, You just would roll your eyes and laugh. And so that's a good sign. Your excuses are losing their power. They're becoming ridiculous sounding. I hope that I can react as you did to me when I hear politicians tell obvious lies. Well, you've got three choices you can get angry, you can get sad, or you can laugh. And I think laughing is, is, is most likely to disarm them, mm-hmm. which is really what I want. It works the best for everyone. Yeah. If you get angry or sad, you just bring that to your therapist mm-hmm. and then seek to, to laugh. It's the best. It's just because it's funny because we're all just bumbling through life trying to figure out how to live and nobody has a clue. You might as well laugh about it.
Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.